Live from Lemur Park, USA, I'm Tavis Smiley. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. So glad to see you and me uh, back in stride again. Our phone number, 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. All of our socials can be found at KBLA 1580. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, everything at KBLA 1580. Let me also invite you right now to download our app at KBLA 1580. Download the app right now and listen to us live anywhere in the world in real time. I've been out for a week and I've been uh, in four or five different cities over the last seven or eight days and I listened on the app all across America. <laughs> Everywhere I went, I was tuning into our station on the app. So download the app right now and anywhere you are in the world. Dominique is back from South Africa, of course. They were listening there on the app. So uh, anywhere you are in the world in real time, you can hear us on KBLA if you download our app right now. At KBLA 1580, good to be back in this chair today. Uh, let me also uh, invite you to uh, watch the live stream uh, of this program by tapping on the KBLA TV icon on our app or by going to our YouTube channel. And, of course, uh, if you miss this program any day in real time, check out the podcast of our program by going to the app, the website, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, so many places to listen to this program at your leisure vis-a-vis the podcast should you miss us any day in real time. But I'm delighted, as always to have you along live with us today for the next three hours. Let me also invite you to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Real Tavis Smiley and get Twitter updates at Tavis Smiley. Another great show on tap for you today. In our second hour, you have to be prepared to die before you can begin to live. Reporter and author Paul Kicks joins us to unveil the true story behind one of the most iconic photographs in all of American history. Uh, taken 60 years ago during the turbulent days of 1963 in Birmingham, Alabama. You have no doubt seen this image countless times. A black teenager, a policeman, and his lunging German shepherd. We'll get the story behind that iconic photo 60 years later today in Hour 2. In our third hour, two conversations. Up first, actress, singer, and philanthropist Holly Robinson-Pete. On the 25th anniversary of the Holly Rod Foundation's Design Care Gala, shining a light on progress, the foundation has helped to advance and fund, I might add, in the Parkinson's and autism spaces. Holly Robinson-Pete at the top of Hour 3. On the B side of Hour 3, a conversation with Dr. Greg Hammer on how the practice of gratitude can rewire our brains, leading to profound transformations in our lives. Y'all know me gratitude is the gateway to greatness we'll talk about gratitude on the b side today of our three we commenced though in this first hour with two more conversations on the back side of this hour the ceo of lindustry everett sands on the recent jobs report and what the numbers tell us about the economic predicament of black folk in particular we'll talk money after news traffic and sports in this hour but we begin today's program talking politics with the democratic strategist and executive director of black pack Adrian Shropshire, who your last name is hard to say if you say it too fast. Shropshire. <laughs> yes, <slow down. laughs> Adrian Shropshire, who joins us live in the studio right now. Adrian, good to see you. How are you today? I'm I'm doing just fine. Thank you. It's good to have you in studio, and I'm glad we got a half hour to walk through a number of things uh, that have been trending over the weekend. And again, I was out last week, so a lot of things I want to get to that I couldn't get to yeah. uh, in the last week. I think I want to start with this. Um, this is a sign, I think, of of of, of some uh, a strong signal of black of a democratic unity. I should say. We get to the black thing in a second. This week is the 10th anniversary of Black Lives Matter. We'll talk about that in a moment. So I got Black Lives Matter on my on my brain this morning. Um, but um, um, a- AOC. Uh, has come out and endorsed Biden's re-election campaign, sending a strong signal 
of democratic unity. Uh, we'll talk about these third-party candidates potentially again in a moment. Mm -hmm. But this is a good sign uh, because uh, progressives, uh, progressives have uh, not been all too happy with President Biden. Um, so your thoughts on what this actually means that AOC has now uh, endorsed Biden for his re-election. Not that she do anything different, I suspect, right. but it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I think that it is a, a clear sign of unity, as you said. Mm -hmm. I also just think it's really clear um, what the stakes are, mm -hmm. right, and increasingly so. Um, and I know that we'll, you know, get to talking about what that means for black folks and how black voters see that. But I think that that is precisely in many ways um you know, how black voters are seeing this across the country. Mm -hmm. um, and we recently did some some focus groups where that be, it's very clear um, how people understand both what the stakes are. They understand, uh, you know, the sort of contrast between um, the two parties. They're skeptical about third party, uh, third parties. And so mm -hmm. I think AOC's endorsement, you know, both clarifies where the party feels like it needs to go and what it needs to be doing in this early moment. Right. As opposed to folks waiting until the last minute. It, um, to endorse. You mentioned it. I'll follow you. So what are the stakes for black folk in particular as you see it? You know, so um, I, I've, this has been on my mind, the, what we heard in these groups that we just did mm -hmm. um, a, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I think that what uh, the voters will tell you is at stake um, is everything from, you know, deep concern around violence in our community um, to the ongoing continued erosion um, of rights. Um, and I think that people delineate what those rights are, um, whether it is the attack on abortion rights and reproductive rights in general, um, whether it is voting rights, whether it's affirmative action. We happen to be in groups just before the decision came out and you had the opportunity to ask people, well, what you think uh, about the court's uh impending because of course we all assumed knew mm -hmm. yeah. that it was going to happen mm -hmm. um ask people what they thought about it and um these are Affir affirmative action you affirmative mean. action sure, yes sure, sure. these are uh these are motivating issues mm -hmm. right for black voters they're not just there's there's a whole list of issues that black voters care about feel very deeply about but there are issues that are going to cause them to turn out to the polls that will motivate them to the polls things like affirmative action things like attracts the the uh, uh reverse Roe v. Wade, um, uh, the student loan, mm -hmm. uh, you know, catastrophe that just happened in the court. Those are the issues that are going to motivate people to turn out, as well as this sort of overarching sense of um, the rise and threat of, of white supremacy um, to, to black folks in their daily lives. There's a lot to unpack in this half hour. Um, you heard uh, Adrian mention a moment ago uh, that uh, the data that the Black Pack has collected suggests that black folk uh, writ large are skeptical of third parties. What does that mean for Cornell West, who's running as the candidate for the Green Party? He'll be in town later this week uh, to speak at the big Black Lives Matter uh, 10th anniversary party this Saturday. We'll tell you more all about that. Dominique and I will be uh, stage host this Saturday to celebrate the 10th anniversary of BLM. So we'll talk about third parties. Uh, just was reading yesterday over the weekend. Uh, Joe Manchin uh, is being tapped by an organization called No Labels. Mm -hmm. uh, they're looking for a third party candidate to run against Joe Biden. Joe Manchin is their favorite pick. Uh, we'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about uh, a great deal more as we move through this half hour. Uh, I am uh, pleased to be joined by Adrian Shropshire, <laughs> who's the head of Black Pack. You're listening right now to KBLA Talk 15.
It does indeed with the Black Packs, Adrian Shropshire, who we are delighted to have in studio with us uh, to commence today's program. Um, we were talking about a few things before the break. I want to jump right into those things and uh, make the most of our time, Adrian. I think I want to start with this, with your comment that the data that the Black Pack has collected of relate suggests that there is a skepticism that many black people have when it comes to third party candidates. Unpack that for me. So I think that what we've seen in our focus groups really, frankly, since uh, sort of post 2016 um, is a lot of voters who either who made the decision either in 2016 to um, sit out um, or third party Mm -hmm. showing up in the focus groups um, with a real sense of regret. Right. And um, and it's 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 interesting because it's both like, you know, I did what I thought I needed to do, but then my mama got mad at me. Right. Yeah. Uh, so this sort of like community accountability <laughs> yeah. um, was part of it, but also people very much saying like, I I didn't I didn't realize what was going to happen. I didn't think it would be this bad. And I think that um, some of it was about just the, you know, the sort of overwhelming uh, chaos uh, that the last administration uh, brought um, the sort of, again, this rise in white supremacy, which I, I think that people were in some ways stunned by um, and really feeling like they had, uh, you know, let let their community down. Um, and so I think that that is uh, still true to this moment where in this moment where there is sort of this skepticism about what it means. I think that, you know, Dr. West challenged because we actually were in focus groups when he announced. Mm-hmm. I think Dr. West challenges that um, for the most part, when we ask uh, the opinions of of the participants in our groups, and this was a sort of a wide ranging set of demographics, mm-hmm. age, uh, 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 economic, uh, educational, um, gender. Um, for the most part, folks don't know who he is. He is not a household name. And so I think his challenge is you have both that, his people not knowing who he is, but also this sort of skepticism about well, why um, mm-hmm. and what will this mean, I think, is, is a challenge for him. So here's, here's, here's the thing. I find it fascinating that he, that he may not be a household name, but so many people know Dr. West from all the years of teaching and all the years of lecturing, lecturing and crisscrossing the country. And here's, here's, here's some other data to to, to underscore that point. Um, I was reading a piece this weekend written by David Axelrod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The David Axelrod. Mm-hmm. For those who are not politically inclined, David Axelrod mm-hmm. uh, is the guy that ran Obama's campaign and got Barack Obama elected. Everybody knows David Axelrod. He's sort of a guru. He's what James Carville used to be during the Clinton era, as you recall. I still love James. But everybody you know, listens. When David Axelrod speaks, people listen because mm-hmm. he knows what he's talking about. He got the first black president elected not once, but twice. Mm-hmm. I say all that to say that Axelrod wrote a piece this weekend saying that Biden and company ought to be concerned about Cornell West. Mm -hmm. When David Axelrod says that, everybody pays attention to it. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to juxtapose David Axelrod's concern that uh, Cornell West may be a threat to Joe Biden on Mm -hmm. some level with your data taken from black people that people don't know Cornell West. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to square those two things that don't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think Democrats are haunted in, you know, by 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are haunted by the fact that you had um, young people in particular um, willing to vote third party and not for the party nominee, Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that haunts them. Um, and I think that their inability to read that going in um, is, uh, you know, still looms large mm-hmm. in how they think about uh, what is to come. Um, so I, I get that Axelrod would, would raise that concern. 
what I can say is that when we asked people, they just simply didn't know. And so mm-hmm. I think that there is a, there is a segment um, of the electorate that knows Dr. West mm-hmm. and has followed him um, for a long time. A segment of the and it, I think it's a segment of the progressive community mm-hmm. um, that that knows him and has fo- and has followed him. I'm not sure that that translates That's out fair. broadly. Yeah. Um, um, and, and I was saying to a friend of mine last night, uh, who shall remain nameless, who may be listening right now, uh, but I said that in some ways, if you're a West fan or if you're Cornell West, if you are, in fact, Cornell West, uh, who, again, we'll see this Saturday, we'll talk about that in a moment, um, you could be, uh, you could you could get a smile on your face thinking that's a compliment that David Axelrod is suggesting that you may be threatening the president. There's another yeah. way to read that. Uh, there's a whole other way to read that, as you well know, that David Axelrod just served Cornell West up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the message is y'all better take that's him right. out y'all better take right. him out right now that's right before he gains any traction that's so right. there are a couple of different that's ways to right. read it am i right about that i think that is exactly and right and the church said amen i think i think it's the latter <laughs> i think axelrod wasn't complimenting cornell west he was serving him up yeah. we shall see i digress <laughs> on that but speaking of third parties who again your data suggests that black people don't altogether trust uh no labels is an organization that's looking to find a candidate uh, to run on their platform, uh, and their the, their name suggested no labels, and so you think about no labels, you think about a milk toast guy, respectfully, uh, like Joe Manchin, and so Manchin is the guy they're trying to get to run as their third party candidate. My point is there are a number of people before you ever get to Donald Trump. Uh, that are going to be nipping at Joe Biden's heels. It could be Cornell West. It could be Joe Manchin. It's Robert Kennedy's already in. He's starting to track in certain places. Uh, of course, there's Marianne Williamson who's out there. But my point is that while while we all expect that the president's going to win the Democratic Party nomination, I am not certain as I sit here right now that there won't be some credible third-party challenger who's going to be nipping at his heels. And that has all kinds of tentacles that offshoot that. We won't get into all that right now. But your thought about the fact that there may very well be a credible one or two, could be, could be a couple of them, third-party challenges to President Joe Biden. Um, I just don't see it. Um, and I think that, um, you know, the, we started out talking about AOC's endorsement, mm-hmm. and I just think that there will be um, an overwhelming kind of consolidation um, of the party that essentially will be to to remove or to um, isolate um, any any challengers. And I think that that will come, you know, obviously from the party itself. It'll come from uh, the president's campaign and it'll come from the vice president. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just I, I just I just don't see it. I do think that there's a difference between no labels, though, and a Green Party candidate or even, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Robert Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think there's a difference. And, I, you know, the no labels um, endeavor, uh, I think, is, uh, you know, an attempt to to do something very different, which I really feel like it is. You know, when we think about 2020 um, and even 2016, but the sort of 2020, really, Mm. but the sort of effort within the uh, Republican Party, um, the sort of no never Trump Mm -hmm. folks. Right. It just feels to me like the no labels people are their Their attempt is to go after those folks, those Mm -hmm. folks who who, uh, voted for uh, the Democratic nominee who voted for Joe Biden, um, there is some attempt to go after that, which obviously is dangerous yeah. um, in in this moment to to be peeling off people who rightly said uh, the Republican Party has fallen off a cliff and we can no longer support it. Um, to go after those folks and pull them over, essentially um, isolating and making their votes irrelevant, um, is dangerous in a moment like yeah. this. I can, only, I can only speak for me. No labels is dangerous for me. Period. That's scary right. because uh, I'm thinking of my friend uh, Jim Hightower down in Texas 
who famously said many years ago, the only thing you find in the middle of the road is a dead armadillo. Uh, and only a Texan can say that. Uh, but I take his point. I, I don't like folk who are in the middle of the road. My right. thing is take a side. Right. So no labels. This just, moment in particular. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So no labels just does not fascinate right. me at all. Right. Uh, and Joe Manchin certainly does not fascinate well, me at all. Well, and we know, we know yeah. who he is, yeah. right? Like, And so if we're, if we're saying that no labels, uh, that, that he represents and, and his policy positions represent no labels, then we know that's just a non-starter. Yep. Uh, we mentioned Cornell West a moment ago. I'll come back to that only because this Saturday he's one of the many featured speakers at the uh, 10th anniversary of Black Lives Matter. It's called the People's Justice Festival. This station is the exclusive uh, partner of this festival. Dominic DePrima, my colleague and yours truly, will be the main stage host most of the day this Saturday, 12 to 6 p.m. right here adjacent to our studios in Lamert Park as we celebrate 10 years of Black Lives Matter. Cornell West takes the stage uh, just after 4.30, but all day long. They're great speakers. Their performances, a, a great deal happening this Saturday as we celebrate again the 10th anniversary of this organization. One could argue, Adrian, um, that not since the Civil Rights Movement has any, as any uh, black entity had the impact that BLM has had. As we approach, um, the actual 10th anniversary is the 13th. So just a couple of days from now, what's today, the 11th, something like that? Yeah, so just a couple, yeah, the 10th, whatever. So a couple of days from now on the 13th is the actual 10th anniversary of BLM. Uh, but they'll be celebrating this Saturday uh, in uh, Liberty Park with thousands of folk. And I'm told BLM chapters all across the country are descending on L.A. this weekend. So it should be a great uh, day uh, outside in Liberty Park uh, this Saturday. But what do you make of the impact they have had now? Hard to believe it's been 10 years already. It is hard to believe it's yeah. been 10 years. Um, you know, I think the the global impact of Black Lives Matter movement is undeniable. Mm -hmm. um, I think that when we look at not just uh, the, the ways in which um, folks here from the moment the hashtag went out, um, when we think about the work that's been done to establish um, organizations across the country, when we think about how it has changed the way that we talk about police violence, um, who is engaged in the conversation uh, around police violence, um, their impact is just is just un, undeniable. Um, it has changed the way that young people have gotten activated and involved. When we think about this generation and what is motivating their participation um, in our politics today, there are a few things. There is gun violence. Mm -hmm. um, there is uh, police violence. Um, there is uh, abortion rights and reproductive rights. Um, but the but the uh, their um, dedication, mm -hmm. right, to continuing to raise the issue about uh, uh, racial justice and in particular uh, the ways in which policing plays out in black communities um, is, you know, we, we've seen what that impact is. We yeah. saw it in 2020. We saw not just and again, not just uh, younger black folks. Right. I think one of the things when we talk about the impact of Black Lives Matter <laughs> is simply looking at those protests in 2020 mm -hmm. where there were protests where there wasn't a black person in sight. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, where suburban white mothers were organizing their own protests in the name of That's Black right. Lives Matter. So yeah. when we think about the impact, it is uh, it has uh, caused a cultural shift and a shift in the way that we talk about policing and policy. Um, we think about the fact the United States Senate was debating, uh, you know, uh, uh, removing qualified immunity. That is the result of this mm -hmm. movement. That is the work, uh, the result of the work of of. of, of 
these organizations and these activists across the country for the I should last mention, 10 years. I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry, no, about, no. sorry about that. Uh, I should mention that every day this week we're going to have a featured uh, guest on our program talking about the 10th anniversary of BLM. So every single day this week for at least a half hour or so, we'll be talking about the impact of BLM 10 years later. That impact is controversial, no question about sure. that. Uh, but we'll talk about it every single day this week as we lead up to this Saturday, uh, the People's Justice Festival here in Los Angeles in Lemert Park, 12 to 6 p.m., celebrating the 10th anniversary of BLM. Um, speaking of Black Lives Mattering and Black people writ large, um, I am fascinated, just watching my timer, just a few minutes left to cover a couple of things, uh, fascinated by, over the last few years, the increasing number of black people who feel uh, who feel empowered, and it's a, it's a good thing, to run for the U.S. Senate, mm -hmm. where there historically have been so few African Americans, mm -hmm. more in the House, uh, clearly not so many in the Senate. Our friend Hill Harper, the actor, Hill Harper, announced today he's running for Senate in the state of Michigan. He bought a house there some years ago. He's been living there for a while now, but Hill Harper has thrown his hat in the ring for a U.S. Senate seat in the state of Michigan. You recall the last cycle, there were a number of black folk running for the Senate in Florida, in North Carolina, in Wisconsin, and now Hill Harper, uh, actor, uh, Harvard educated, uh, was there with Obama when Obama went to law school. So he's, he's clearly credentialed, right. smart guy, politically active, but Hill Harper now is running for the Senate on the democratic ticket in the state of Michigan. Your yeah. thoughts about that? Well, I mean, I think he falls in line with, with, uh, a number of folks, some of whom you mentioned who have stepped up to run for statewide office in general, um, and for the U S Senate, um, in, in particular, I think that, that, uh, America is in crisis mm -hmm. and you and has been in crisis and and seems to be continuing to go down that path. And you have black folks who are saying we will step up, um, we'll stand in the gap and we'll provide leadership for this country. Um, and I think that those who choose to run for the United States Senate are clearly saying that are clearly saying I will I will. Uh, you know, have the courage to say that I will go into that institution as challenging as it is um, and help to right the ship. And I think that, you know, the more uh, the more folks who do that, I think the better, uh, you know, off will be both because, um, you know, we need uh, a diversity of ideas um, in the United States Senate. In particular, you have that in the House, um, in the Senate, uh, not so much. Um, and we need uh, we need we need black voices. We need black women in the Senate, um, uh, which there is none after yeah. the vice president. And so, you know, we know that there are three black women running right now for Senate seats. Um, and, you know, at least one of them uh, will become a United States senator, if not two. Yep. Um, in the 90 seconds I have left here, um, a quick thought on voting rights. We've been talking about mm -hmm. voting rights ad infinitum, ad nauseum. Nothing's actually happened in that U.S. Senate that you were just referencing. But in the coming days, now they're going to be competing voting bills. Your thoughts on the issue of voting bills, voting rights in the U.S. Senate? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, in order for us to have a legislation pass the United States Senate, we need to increase the number of Democratic senators in the United States Senate. And that's just the reality of it, mm -hmm. we, and, you know, including taking back the House, et cetera, getting uh, uh, Joe Biden reelected. So I think that that's just the reality of it. Um, you know, there are the ways in which the right is trying to undermine um voting to undermine democracy really we should think about it in three ways one is they're trying to stop registration and making registration easy mm -hmm. and there's lots of bills focused on that there are voter suppression laws trying to stop people from getting to the ballot box and then there's just undermining elections themselves yeah. and so when we think about voting rights and democracy in this country we really have to stay focused on those three things
She is Adrian Shropshire. She is the executive director of Black Pack Democratic Strategist. Pleased to have her in studio. Uh, would not be the last time she joins us, particularly as we move ever closer to the 2024 elections. I'm glad you're just around the corner so you can pop in <laughs> yes. when we need you. Uh, I will see you again soon. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you for having me. When we come forward after news, traffic, and sports, we'll talk money with uh, Everett Sands of Lindustry. You're listening right now. We're glad about it to KBLA Talk 1580.